Ugh. I think I'm gonna go buy a mic. <laughs> we bought a mic guys let's go buy a mic we brought a mic oh we brought that microphone we took it through the register it's not low end but it's not high end Hello, and welcome to We Bought a Mic. I'm your host, Ernest Calderon. I am your host, Hunter Mobley. I'm your host, Drew Dietzen. Um, the thing is, there's only, like, there's more people here. <laughs> there's there's more than do? just the three of us. Excellent. I... Excellent segue there. I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Introduce so, yourselves. Um, well, I'm Jacob Snyder. Um, I'm the co-host of the uh, Snyder Colin podcast. And um, who are you? I'm Colin Goody, but my whole life everyone says good, so apparently that's my last name. But I also co-host the uh, Colin Corbin Snyder <laughs> Kent podcast, whatever it's called. It's a working title, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't even remember recording the episodes, frankly. Honestly, we just we saw all these witty names. Like we bought a mic. I'm just gonna shit on you. Oh, um, okay. We saw all these witty names, and we were like, we're not gonna do that we're not going to contest to you know there's well that's not shitting on us names. that's flattering us. no i know i know so we're just like we're just going to call it what it is we but, have we have you know, no imagination we really don't we're just like well our names and it's a podcast there we go and a hyphen you kind of got the point <laughs> yeah there's no label either. there is no and because it takes longer to say colin and snyder oh my god i fell asleep halfway yeah. through yeah that. yeah no colin See? snyder just sounds like a person which is one of the problems with which the is colin why we switched snyder. it to snyder, snyder colin, colin. Okay. get the fuck out no <laughs> I, i'm continuity I'm issue con- fixed fuck dude i'm complimenting your podcast for getting its shit together finally hey all right thanks <laughs> yeah. you're welcome appreciate it okay so you guys got your plug in early so that's good we don't even have to do plugs later so you this guys is, can sit quietly in the corner if you want this yeah. is part okay. two of the cross pod extravaganza they're calling it the greatest crossover to ever come to all podcasts yeah. ever or it's, all media it's the really. best crossover since the jimmy timmy power hour on oh, nickelodeon yes oh my god actually no i don't think anything can top that <laughs> Don't, don't, don't overestimate. Yeah, I'm kind of selling us pretty high. People are like, oh, fuck. So if you... Classic deeds and referencing TV again. If you want to listen to part one, head on over to the Snyder Colin podcast and check out the first hour of our conversation. Snyder with a Y. Thank you so much, Ernest, for plugging that. (laughs) Thank you. We're going to get right into part two. Yeah, more importantly, this is We Bought a Mic. And... The, see, the thing is, is both parts of our podcast are like a puzzle, and you nothing really makes sense unless you listen to both parts. It's, so uh, check out both of us. It's very Lynchian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And much Every like, piece matters. Should like, we tell people that like if they're just going to us first, you should just pause and go to Snyder Colin, <laughs> or would that like increase the risk that they don't come back to us? Wait until we start doing our infomercials. You like, can the listen. That we're advertising. You for can listen to this there. to this episode just fine without having to listen 
to their episode, but can, we want you to get well, the no, full just, experience. Yeah, which one first? You can Either listen order. to both. You can listen to both podcasts at the same time, really, if you want to. Yes. Yeah, one year each podcast, exactly. But if you want to experience it in real time, listen to the Snyder Colin podcast first, then take like a twenty minute break. <sighs> Wait for then, the file to upload. Yeah, to compress. Go outside, have a smoke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Much like the uh, the latest Kendrick Lamar album, Damn. Um, it works backwards too. You can listen to it backwards. I heard that he said that, and I was interested by that. Yeah, he's probably I'm, just like, yeah, sure, it. you could, you could <laughs> sure. do it. Well, it, there it was, also works if you put it on shuffle. Yeah, <laughs> there was a whole rumor going around that he was going to drop a second record, a uh, sort of companion piece, yes. much in the likes of Untitled, Unmastered. But it turns out that if you just play the record backwards. There's your second album right there. Yeah, it's all about Satan. Wait, so the voice... <laughs> does his really voice the... sound normal, or is it all like... Everybody's no, in the black lodge. Not, not backwards like that. He meant backwards like track listings. Like you start with the last track and you Oh, go. I thought you meant literally in no, reverse. Just more like memento, if, if you will. Oh, and you're just listening and going like... But also there are a lot of tracks that could be played in reverse on damn yeah there, there are, are there's there's pieces that he puts there in reverse I'm, yeah specifically i'm gonna on say purpose. I'm, I'm gonna say something bold i think dna might be my favorite song i've heard this year that's a good of just song. like an yeah. in, just like an individual song because i don't really, i don't think it's song. that bold of a claim it's it's definitely one of the best songs of the year there's been a couple like really great singles that have come out this year I would say it's song of the year. Yeah, yeah. but it, yeah. isn't everyone talking about humble? That's well, like humble the big was the one. lead single, and it 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 was on number one on the charts for weeks, and it's still in the top. Well, five. humble has one of the best music videos I think I've ever seen. I mean, yes. DNA is a great music video, yes. but humble's music video is incredible. It's fantastic. So I think my favorite song on the record is Triple uh, X. Oh, I yeah, that's, that's, that's mine as well. Yeah, yeah. and then also uh, Element is one of mine. Yeah. Um, I love loyalty. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> loyalty is great. I, I think it's, it's one of the it's most good. hated songs on that record. I it's one of my Fair least enough. favorite on the record, definitely. Just because it's like the most like radio friendly. It's like yeah, just throw it yeah. on. Yeah. Well, if you yeah. listen to last week's episode of We About a Mike, we talk about our favorite albums of 2017 so far, and I think collectively that's our number one, pretty much. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a damn. great album. Yeah, yeah, great, great album. I've been waffling just for I think for like critical goodness that's the best i would say but i'm waffling in between that and tyler still on my as my favorite because i listen to a lot of tyler that's the beauty of music compared to like movies and stuff is music is so much more subjective i mean movies are still really subjective but like music is all about personal taste and like what you love generally sure. everyone kind of watches the same movie to a lesser extent than watching well, the, or listening to an album there it's were, a bit more immersive there were far fewer movies than albums yeah exactly there's a, there's more music to absorb more easily there's no there's not i mean i guess you could say netflix and spotify for movies but there's a lot more music out there for your eyes only is a contender for me I really love that album. Yeah, I, I need to delve back into that album because I we actually didn't talk about that on the podcast. We really didn't. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really good who, album. Who is this? J. Cole. J. Cole. Yeah. Oh, okay. I think I think it's a great album. I had to get it on vinyl. So have I did. A, have you listened to Brockhampton? Are you familiar? You no. Oh, you didn't listen to the newest episode of our podcast. Oh. No, I haven't yet. I'm sorry. I've told you guys I only listen to my own podcast. <laughs> I'm much like Kanye like, West in this way. Yeah. Well, one record that is probably going to end up on possibly all of our final top 10 lists of the year is the new LCD sound system record that just dropped just American Dream. Yeah. Can I do the sound effect when like someone brings up lunch and you all go... 
Uh, yeah. Yeah, because I know that you don't care about LCD <laughs> sound So You want to do a clean oh, cut man. of that right now? Uh good job. Okay. Alright, American Dream Talk Time. I've 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 like listened to maybe like thirty seconds of L C D sound system, so I yeah. I, I don't have any Have you ever on danced? Oh my god. Have you ever danced yourself clean? I can't boogie like Hunter. <laughs> Oh, you know I can get down. Uh, yeah. Hunter can boogie until the sun rises, and he'll just keep on boogieing. It's, um, it's okay. outstanding. So I listened to probably half of it, of American Dream, um, and I, I think I like his previous two albums a little bit better. They have The songs seem to have more of like a build to them, which I really like, where it's like... And that, I mean, like you said, they're shorter songs, so there's obviously going to be less time to build up. But that's kind of like my favorite thing about James Murphy's m- music, usually, is that it just has like, this crazy, like, one little element is added every measure, almost. Yeah, I think my favorite part about this new record is that y- you get the sense that he's trying to go for something a little bit newer, uh, a little bit more in line with the world and, and his frame of thinking now, after taking a break from LCD from all these years. So James Murphy's in a different headspace. So it makes for a different type of record. He's not going back to try to recreate the sounds, the exact sounds that LCD used to do in the older yeah. records. But I think they like it. It's it's a really good change. Like they're still extremely dancey, and LCD has always been one of those bands that like I enjoy them. But the more and more that you listen to them, you really delve into the lyrics and how like a lot of stuff is like really existential and makes you think about existence and just your place. Similarly, I, uh, Modest Mouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you've For only sure. heard like Float On is kind of you, you know, there's philosophy there, but if you were just a casual listener, you wouldn't. And then you listen back to their old stuff, and you're like, what the fuck? Well, Modest Mouse, one of my favorite bands of all time. Yeah, sure. what's the 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 album that Dashboard is on? So Modest Mouse is one of uh, okay, Hunter's favorite gonna, bands of all time. Just gonna edit this. He that's clearly, my least. He, no, no, no. That's my least knows favorite. Nothing album. about them. Whichever whichever album that is, that came out the same week that Sound of Silver came on, and it came out. We were dead before the ship even sank. Yeah, there we go. That rec- that's, I knew it was something about like a ship sinking. I couldn't quite place it. <laughs> that record came out the same week as Sound of Silver, and it uh, made it to number one on the charts. And Sound of Silver was at like. 40 or Even though Sound of Silver is a better overall album. Well, yeah. I was just reading a, a piece by Stephen Hyden, who's a really good music critic, and he brought up a fair point, which is that uh, LCD kind of, uh, it was good for their image to have the huge retiring thing going on, like the documentary and all the celebrities showing up. It kind of gave them more notoriety. It gave them a cult following. Yeah, it kind of rewrote history in a way where it was like, oh, well, all this stuff is about them. They, they must be legends. But if you look back, they weren't big. Like, who? They were really, LCD. really good, and oh. they, it's good that they gained notoriety over time. But just like, yeah, for those that don't know, LCD made like this big whole like thing. They made a whole documentary about their final show at Madison Square Garden. It was like Huge four or five hours show. long. Like it was ridiculously like long. And Reggie they, Watts was there. Yeah, they had a bunch of famous people. That was there. that was the whole thing. Is the whole I was there, you know? Like, yeah, exactly. For the end of LCD sound system, and it turns out it wasn't the end. So a lot of people feel cheated by LCD coming back. Yeah, but I mean, I'm happy with what they've produced. Like, there's still some, there's some really good, like, just songs I know I'm just gonna be grooving to, like, a uh, how, how do you sleep? I, emotional haircut. I'm actually not gonna lie, because Hunter's the one who introduced me to LCD Sound System. I think you were going to see them live at some festival at uh, Shaking uh, Knees, yeah. And he was actually telling me about, like, yeah, they had this thing about their final show, and I'm like, well, wait, they're back. What was the big deal about? 
oh, we're so great. We're having this one final show. Not really. So I can kind of understand what you're talking well, about, Ernest. That kind of that kind of did rub me the wrong way. It's like, who, who like, what? Like, Well, James Murphy has a really good explanation for why he decided to bring the band back. Because he took this long break doing all these weird projects. He... Uh, at some point, he tried to take all the data from the U.S. Open and turn that into music. <laughs> and then he... Uh, he had worked a, on Blackstar. He had a failed project with the uh, the subway system in New York to try to make the turnstiles in all the subway lines into music. So he had all this weird shit going on. But, that is very strange. But that just shows you that he always had music in mind. That he was always ha- having these songs playing in his head. So he was thinking, well... If I want to write all this new music, I could release it as James Murphy. I could start a new band that may or may not have the same members as LCD Sound System. Or I could just bring back LCD Sound System. If everyone's down for it, you know. So six years later, here we are. I mean, I'd rather have LCD Sound System than not. Right. Absolutely. Overall positive. I like the album. It's it's gonna be. I mean, I already like it, but I know LCD is just one of those bands that I've only given it like one full listen through so far, and I really enjoy it. But I know whenever I'm on like my sixth, seventh listen through, I'm just gonna like be really into it. I'm not expecting it to be better than a uh, Sound of Silver or um. This is the, uh. This is, this this is, is happening. happening. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. Let's head into some a uh, little bit of TV news. The third season of True Detective has been announced, starring our boy Mahershala Ali, friend of the podcast. Ah. Yes, Mahershala, recent mm. Oscar winner, Mister Ali, is starring in season three of True Detective, um, directed by Jeremy Saldler. Pretty sure is his name. What's he done? Of Green Room fame. Oh, the guy who did Green Room mm. and Blue Ruin. Yeah, oh. you know, I fell asleep during Blue Ruin. I haven't seen it. I've only seen Green Green Room. Green Room is really good. I though. like Green Room. Green Room is like one of my favorite films I, of I liked Green, recent years. I liked it's Green so Room. good. They in their special thanks in the credits they thank Dillinger Escape Plan. And I was like, that's that's awesome. <laughs> that's wild. Because I noticed they had their uh, poster. Oh, in one of the scenes. That's cool. Yeah. So what do you guys think of um, True Detective season who's, three? Who's co-starring alongside? Marshall? No other stars it's announced as of yet. I mean. I don't, I'm not going to hold it to the same expectation as like, I'm not going to be like, oh, it has to be like season one or else I don't care. If it's a little bit worse than that, then that's fine. And I think it's going to definitely be better than season two. Yeah, uh, two was bad. I prefer the people that are attached to this season over the season two. Hey man, Vince Vaughn. Yeah. Who was even, who was making it though? It was still Nick Pizzolatto. Yeah, the same. it was still Pizzolatto, and Kerry Fukunaga was gone, right? Yeah. He directed like one up or something. No, I don't think he was involved at all. I, yeah, so... I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of Green Room and Blue Ruin, and they're, I mean, at least Green Room is extremely gritty, so I think it should be good. I mean, and, we'll and see. That's H- truth. HBO has been kind of hit or miss with their dramas right now. They're, dry, they're trying to find that, that next Game of Thrones, you know? Like, vinyl didn't happen. Uh, the Deuce. Maybe The Deuce. Uh, Maybe. I mean, we'll see. The True Detective, they're trying to bring it back to see if it'll hit. HBO is not going to have a show as big as Game of Thrones ever. It's just not going to happen. I had a great theory 
Because wasn't a HBO attached to do the Dark Tower at some point? Make I'm it a not, TV? I'm they not were sure one of the, yeah. I mean, with, they were one with, of the people with Ron Howard. Yeah. I think they should have done that after Game of Thrones, but they lost that, and now we all know what happened to Dark Tower. (laughs) I think the Dark Tower is probably lost forever. It still could be a TV series. Yeah, no, it could. They're still planning it to be a TV series. Like that's a real thing, and I think it's going to go to AMC. Yeah, I don't think that HBO is still attached to it though. Which I mean, AMC could do something really good with it, but I mean, it's not a bad choice. There are way worse. Yeah, oh, I mean, absolutely. They could give it to the CW. As far as me getting excited for a new True Detective, uh, I guess I'll just have to wait and see and see if I hear good things or not. Because uh, the first season was pretty good. It had an amazing reception. But uh, I, d- I never watched season two because I heard it was fairly poorly received. And- you watched season one, though? Yeah, I've seen it. Ernie watched season two. Yeah, I watched all of season two. Um, it's mostly a snooze fest. <laughs> Um, although the cast is really good, Vince Vaughn and Colin Farrell are and, both great. And uh, Rachel McAdams. Rachel McAdams is great. And uh, what's his name? Um, the guy from uh, John Carter of Mars. Oh. Taylor Kitsch? Taylor Kitsch. He, you know, he's good, too. He has some good the moments. The most forgettable Disney but, movie. Way to go, Drew. I, I can't guess. believe you got Taylor Kitsch. <laughs> I, I, I had to yell it. Believe it. I yelled it like I was like buzzing in on Jeopardy. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to chime in Who and be like, I think John you're talking Carter, about Taylor like, Kitsch. That movie ever existed? I forgot I've, that movie ever came out. I've actually seen John Carter. I Remember never when have Taylor? Will. Remember when Taylor Kitsch played a gambit for like five minutes? Oh yeah. Oh man. Was, he, did he try to do a New Orleans accent, or did that? Not? I don't. Was, I don't even think he attempted it. Was yeah. this in X Men Origins? Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Oh god. You know what? I've repressed that. He from actually. My memory. He actually didn't do a terrible job. Wait. He was fine. Quick. Uh. Quick little sidebar here. Yeah. What do you guys think about the Gambit movie that Channing Tatum it's, is trying it's to never make? Gonna it's never going to get made. It's never going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Who is Who is on that? Doug, Doug Lyman. Lyman. Didn't yeah, he drop okay. off of it? I think he did. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, Doug Lyman literally drops <laughs> no, off of yeah. everything. You only ever hear news about which project Doug Lyman is dropping now. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's just going to make a career of never actually working. Most recently, he dropped like Justice League Dark. Yeah. That's never going to get made. No one's making that movie. <sighs> they, I mean, they made an animated version of Justice. Sleep dark, matter. and I heard that it was it was good, but like they're not gonna it make a good. live action one. Why would they? When they don't even know what the future of Batman is at this point. Has anyone uh, seen Doug Liman's first film? Go. Go? No, I haven't. Yeah. It's really good. It stars uh, Natalie Portman among some other people that didn't quite make it in Hollywood. Um, but it's just this really like energetic, like youthful film. Doug Liman shot it himself. Like really? he was holding the camera as he was directing it. Whoa. That's cool. Yeah, what a it's a good film. DP. It's yeah, it's it's about just like fast cars and drugs and you know crime and shit. I've I've always heard of Go because I heard it was kind of like a late '90s gem. Yeah, and that was kind of like swingers type yeah, of vibe. Yeah, yeah, that's all I've kind of heard about is that he made a movie called Go. Speaking of Doug Liman, apparently the title for the Edge of Tomorrow sequel is called Live, Die, Repeat, and Repeat. No, yeah, I, I heard yeah. no way. Sounds like the a horrible idea. Title. Oh my god, that's so funny. What is the name of that's, the original not, uh, graphic novel that it's based all, off of? All you need is kill. That's oh so much, god. dude. That that's, is so much better of a name than Edge of Tomorrow or Live Die Repeat. Like they tried to remarket. <laughs> well, I think all you need is kill sucks too. <laughs> no, all you need is kill. I think that's, it's it's, it's, it sounds a little too edgy. That sounds like ass. I would watch that shit in theaters. It makes like no sense. Like for the <laughs> film, like you know, like for the story, like what kill. 
It sounds, sounds like I don't even. It know. sounds That's, like a school shooter wrote it. That sounds like a Jason Statham film. No, it sounds like a, a Bond movie that they threw out. Oh my god, it does. <laughs> it does. <laughs> like die yet never tomorrow kill like. <laughs> Bond Die level. again tomorrow forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think this Edge of Tomorrow sequel is getting made? Or, oh, uh, excuse me, Live, Die, Repeat. Repeat. Yeah, I and mean, if, if Tom Cruise is behind it, it's going mean, to get what made do you, for do, sure. Do you like the first live die repeat yeah yeah, yeah so I do. do i it's a I cool think it's, i think it's a really good or not really good movie but it's a fun movie it's creative yeah like exactly. it's creative in it's an a area cool that i yeah it's it's in an area that i don't think is very creative or original but it made an original spin on it mm. yeah you it's know? like what if groundhog day but tom cruise yeah and post-apocalyptic yeah. just you know like it, what if something and then tom cruise always works you know <laughs> like sure. like for instance what if the mummy and Tom oh, Cruise. Boy. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. that worked out very well. Did you see that? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> it was probably. You were you afraid to like it? <laughs> <laughs> were you scared that you were gonna like it? Were you it? like, how is this gonna compare to my yeah. boy Brendan up there? <laughs> yeah. Dude, what happened to Brendan Fraser? Uh, is he alive? Journey of the Center of the Earth. That was actually holy shit. No. He was in that film. Yeah, <laughs> yeah last but film. not no. the sequel. No, no. Journey of the Center of the Earth was his comeback, and then he didn't do the sequel. <laughs> Yeah, he got replaced by The Rock. I mean, that movie was pretty bad. It was with a uh, young Josh Hutcherson too. Journey to the Center of the Earth is a fun movie. I don't care what anyone <laughs> says. It's not that bad. It's a pretty bad movie. No, I isn't. saw it. I saw it in 3D. <laughs> it was visually stunning. Honestly, oh. yes, it was. Th- there's fantastic. a line in that movie that plugs three products in one sentence. <laughs> It was when Josh Hutcherson first gets to the house and he's like, hey, man, I'm a teenager. As long as you keep Mountain Dew in the fridge and TiVo family guy, I'm good. <laughs> Dude, that's literally me. And when I was 13, they they targeted their demographic. They knew what was up. They looked oh you up. Oh, my God. He was, Colin was part of a focus group. <laughs> I actually, Colin, actually, like, I, in the meanwhile, has family guy on a TiVo drinking about me. He's like, oh, shit, that's I actually, me. Yeah. I actually didn't see that movie until, like, I was 17 oh on God. TNT. <laughs> And I was like, this is kind of fun. And I, I own it on Blu-ray. That's, that's more sad. You want to know something weird? When I was in middle school, I was in band, and our band teacher would not be there all the time. And every single time he wasn't there, he would just put on a Josh Hutcherson movie. Like Firehouse Dog? <laughs> like like what you would do with like Zathura. Daniel Day-Lewis or something, but with like a little kid that he was just like in love with. Firehouse Dog. I thought about Zathura the other day. I forgot it existed. You know it's directed like, by uh, John Favreau. Yeah. I did yeah, know that. Yeah. I did know that. Yeah. But it's still <laughs> surprising it's still, to me. Like I'm like I'm wow, not surprised that you forgot about Zathura cuz it's an extremely forgettable movie. I, it's I remember Jumanji Zathura. in space. Yeah, no, that's literally that's the tagline. Like, yeah. that's just that's it. <laughs> yeah. And there's literally nothing else to the movie. To, yeah. to be fair, it is based on a kids book by the same author of jumanji yeah i i, I know right. it, it is like what's that guy's name he did the polar express robin williams <laughs> john jumanji tom hanks true i know you know the author's name christopher van go winkle <laughs> drew I, use your Wild jeopardy Earth. brain drew i know you know it. pretend you're on jeopardy who wrote the po- this caucasian male wrote oh. the polar express they don't usually bring race into it on jeopardy <laughs> I don't know, Christopher oh, Von Cross. What do you guys think of this new uh, Jumanji movie that's looks, coming out? It looks so stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it looks like pandering garbage to like lowest common deno- denominator theater goers. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. God, looks like member berries. <laughs> not I mean, even, not uh, even that. I actually have a pitch for uh, Jumanji too. Oh God, you're telling me about it's this? So bad, it's, it's so bad. It's good. <laughs> it's it's okay. literally, it's literally the worst pitch. All right, for let's hear it. All right, so like you know, it's been a while. 
uh, Robin Williams. And who, who is the uh, who is the female lead in that film? I can't remember. I haven't seen Kristen Dunst. Yeah, sorry. No, no the older one. No, the, <laughs> oh, I don't know. Yeah. So her and um and this is a good pitch so i expected late, i expected someone to have an answer so we'll we'll go like taylor kitsch yeah we're, taylor kitsch. so robin williams and taylor kitsch get married eventually yeah. so what's your pitch i'm getting there jesus spit, all right spit it out snyder all right so this is post robin williams um passing yeah, away yeah we, we have to bring his death into the movie yeah 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 <laughs> And he just, just goes by this Robin so Williams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan. Yeah. His name's Alan in the movie. Alan. Alright, so Robin oh, Williams. Um, Alright, so like he's dead in the movie universe too. He's okay. passed away, unfortunately. Just reminding know, just, the audience of yeah. his suicide. So like yeah, no, all tasteful. we do we tastefully <laughs> no, we tastefully see a picture of Robin Williams, just a just you know, like a I don't know, a good uh, a trading card. What, like yeah. A, little... <laughs> yeah, a nice headshot of Robin Williams on like a piano or whatever and they've got married, they've had kids, and the mom is just like, Ugh, remember this old Jumanji thing? And she pulls out the Jumanji game and she's like, Oh, I don't remember. And I her know. and the kids get sucked in and it's a fun romp. They just they just go on an adventure. Who is who is their adventure guy? Is it dead is it CGI Robin Williams? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, wearing a grandma Tarkin outfit. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. I was expecting it to be Taylor Kitsch, actually. Oh. He's going to make a comeback. Sorry to disappoint you. Not you... only, it's not called Jumanji, it's called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> because they got fun in games. Because <laughs> they have they're... video games now. Are they going to play it? Are they going to play the song? And it, like, get in the safari truck. Yeah, it actually, it comes out uh, December 20th. Oh, it's a, it's a Christmas movie. Oh, it's going to be your new favorite Christmas film. Yeah, it's, it's a possible contender to be Jack Black's worst film, but uh, it's being held by Goosebumps uh, right now. Gulliver's Travel. Gulliver's Travel. I'd say Goosebumps, Goosebumps is a stupider is... film. I'm sorry. Oh, God. Can I give a story about you guys, that? You guys went I... to that, right? Yeah, no. you saw that. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I, it's already on my. It's already on the Snyder. Oh, you guys already talked about. Can I see if I can recall it for a moment? Okay. It's better Do than your you best. Incept Hunter's brain right you now. You guys were going to go see Zathura, <laughs> and you chose... What is this film? Go- what are we talking about? Go- Goosebumps. <laughs> Goosebumps. Yeah, you chose to see uh, Goosebumps over what? What was it? No, Something it was good. The Martian. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, "Yo, Ridley's- we need to go see The Martian. It's the new Ridley Scott film." And free- Colin was just like, "No, let's go see Goosebumps. It's gonna be a fun film. We can just turn our brain <laughs> off for a I couple love hours." Goosebumps. Okay, I no, love. No, so do I. Goosebumps. But the movie looked bad. It just looked bad. It Chris did. Stuckman gave it a B. The- Chris Stuckman is often wrong. <laughs> I, I saw it based on Chris Stockman's judgment. No, it had a decent tomato <laughs> score and everything. Everyone was like, yeah, it's a fun, nostalgia-filled family. What'd you think uh, of it? I thought it was lame as shit. True. <laughs> it's it was really so, bad. It was so lame. Chris was... Chris Stuckman only liked Book of Henry because he got an interview with Colin Trevorrow. Yeah, no, Trevorrow. for real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Friend of the pod, by the way, Chris Well, Stuckman. that's how it works and now. And Colin Trevorrow. He like, definitely won't direct episode You want. <laughs> He's not going to. Let's hope, for God's sake, he doesn't. He's not. That's how it works now. Like, you want access, so you don't trash the movie that you have access to the creators to interview. Isn't yeah, isn't course. Chris Stuckman working on making a movie? He's been talking about his videos about, like, taking, like, classes or something. Like, he said something about cameras or something, so he's going to try to make a movie. Is that going to be weird, seeing a film critic's movie? That's what the old French, the French guys used to do. Uh, like Godard and all those guys. Oh, really? The yeah. guy did uh, Breathless? Yeah, all yeah. the old French New Wave guys, they were film critics. And they they decided, they kept getting together in all these Parisian cafes discussing film. 
And eventually they were like, you know, let's just make our own films. So then you got the 400 Blows and Breathless uh, and all yeah. these it's, it's great, great films. 400 Blows is fantastic. It's so good. Yeah. So it's very similar, you're saying, to what we did, which is just listen to podcasts in Parisian cafes. And we were like, we could just do it. Yeah. Yeah. We can buy a we're, mic. We're basically French New Wave directors. Oh, I, I made the joke on the other oui, oui. Po- I made the joke on the other podcast, but it's a good joke, so I'm just gonna make it again. Okay. Go for it. This week's episode of We Bought a Mic is called We Brought a Mic. And we're gonna put laughter in right there. <laughs> here insert big bang laugh track here. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Sheldon. Quick aside, guys. Young Sheldon? No, I so oh, this is happen- can we talk about it though after this <laughs> this has happened in multiple of my classes now it's just a big college ucf thing i guess but it happened again this week we watched a clip of the big bang theory in my class oh, in a boy. class that i'm paying tuition for <laughs> we watched a clip of the big bang this is theory. this is what you do in college yeah. you watch yeah. clips no, from the big bang theory my teacher of course just like every person is just like oh yeah i love the big bang theory it's so smart and witty we're just gonna watch this little clip about it and like of course there's like four kids in my class who are like oh, yeah i love this episode <laughs> Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I want to kill myself right now. There's that one douchebag that wears a bazinga shirt like every other day. Yeah. My, I, uh, I always forget how bad the laugh track is in that show until I watch it and it gives me a migraine. My sister told me that was like, Yeah, you remind me of Sheldon from Big Bang Theory. <laughs> and I was like, Fuck you. Fuck I guess if you. I could kill myself yeah. now. I hate it when people are like, Oh, you're a nerd. You should do you watch the Big Bang Theory? And I'm like, No. That's people who think they're nerds watch that show. People who are nerds watch community. Like, go fuck yourself. Hey, right? Get out of here. People at work are always like, Snyder, you remind me of Johnny Galecki. Um <laughs> All spe- the time. Really? <laughs> All the time. Um so speaking of community, I had a topic I wanted to bring up because I haven't been watching much, so I don't have much in the way of that. But do you have you guys found that there's either like a show or a movie that like if you find out someone likes it like you just kind of know that you'll get along because there are some shows i really like but i don't like all the fans of that show but there are some things that are just like hit the demographic like of- frazier <laughs> yeah dude i love frazier yeah but the fans of frazier hmm. i mean I'm, what about them and we're just like oh i'm so snooty and smart yeah they're called grammarians are you like every seinfeld fan who's just like no, oh like, you don't like seinfeld i guess you're just not mature enough for it frazier's just relaxing <laughs> i don't know what to do with those tossed salad and scrambled eggs but you, Scramble, you want it scrambled eggs all over my face <laughs> like it's just fun that's the theme song of frazier you wanted to wondering. you wanted to say community was one of those shows right yeah i was yeah. for me I um I'm a huge fan of both Rick and Morty and Community made by the same guy Dan Harmon. But as far as fan bases go, I don't I don't know. Rick and Morty has a, a certain sect of the fan base that I really don't uh, enjoy. And then Community, I've never met someone who liked that show that I was like, fuck off. I don't know. It just it just hits the right note. So I wanted to ask if you guys have that same thing. I, I feel that way with The Office sometimes. About mm-hmm. it's just like if you like The Office, then I know like you have a certain type of sense of humor that you can handle, like cringe humor and shit that just makes you like really uncomfortable. I mean, I've never met someone that I didn't like who likes Nathan for you. Yeah, that's true. That too. Um, Lil yeah. Dicky actually, Lil Dicky, famed friend friend of the show, right? Yeah, yeah friend of the show, friend yeah. of the pod. Yeah, uh, he actually released a tweet. The other day, he released a tweet. Yes, he <laughs> he released a tweet. He, he much he hype a t- and setup. Yes, yes, he had it in <laughs> his drafts for quite a bit. Yeah. He tweeted, "Yo, I'm about to tweet." Yeah, <laughs> he set it free. He called a tweet conference. Yeah, and what did he say? Um, he was like, "Nathan, for you is good." Ah, <laughs> <That was> his- <laughs> yeah. 
I thought Nathan Fielder was following Hunter on Twitter, and it was pissing me off. <laughs> after, I was like, why? After I only after I just made my Twitter, I had for like a week. I only had like five followers, and I looked down there one day at work, and I was like, oh shit, Nathan for you is following me. Oh my god. I guess I'm awesome, really. But it, apparently, it was just a fan page. That's shocking. Still, I'm Colin, happy a fan page even like me. Colin <laughs> told me that and was like, I'm pretty sure Nathan Fielder follows Hunter on, on Twitter. And I'm like, that's definitely not true. <laughs> I'm not even almost believing that. Nathan Fielder's a friend of the pod, okay? He's going to be he's gonna be on the podcast yeah, one day. He was in You're Tallahassee, right. so I yeah, saw him one step at, away. Was, was he at Club Down Under? No, he was at Ruby Diamond. Oh, excuse me. Um, yeah, a little bit more classy than that. Bit, yeah, Ruby, Ruby, Ruby Tuesdays? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Apple Big Bang Theory laugh track, and then um, the Seinfeld uh, face right there. Okay, all right, but and reset the show that I uh, would instantly connect with someone on an intimate level with would be The Leftovers, but Ooh. no nobody watches that That's show. So it's so, too rare. You're just watching it with yourself, so and you're like, man, I'm the only alone. person who understands me. If anybody out there watches The Leftovers, <laughs> uh, hit me up, marry uh, me. My 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 TV show is actually a a, a mini series. It's called a Decalogue. Ooh, oh, that's some God. highbrow shit. He's getting into yeah. some highbrow like yeah. Ukrainian it's drama, Polish, Polish it's, drama. Oh, so you, it's from the guy who did the Three Colors trilogy. I haven't finished it, but if I met someone, they're just like, "Yeah, I love Decalogue." I'd be like, "Wow, you've seen it?" Damn, I'd be like, "Wow." I thought you were talking about the uh, Tim and Eric Decker thing for I, a second. No, oh. uh, Decalogue. It's like a. I forget the guy's name. It's like a long, lots of Z's and K's and Y's. He's falling asleep because yeah. his stuff. Is no, he's so like a boring. Polish guy. He did like a trilogy, three colors, blue, three colors, three right? colors, as in yeah. uh, Edgar Wright, the this Cornetto is, trilogy. Yeah, uh, this Polish, this famed Polish filmmaker based it off that and then went back in time. Beautiful. It's called Decalogue. Whoa. It's about right. people living in apartments. So, uh, Snyder, exciting. Yes. <laughs> you you hear how you doing bud? Topic uh, i'm doing well okay there's a I'm very well i'm having I'm a saying, good time at some point in your life snatter you've been like whoa you like that marry me what is that <laughs> i'm trying to decide whether or not i should go with a sarcastic answer or um give us both. i don't know give us i would both, feel and we'll edit out the worst one or maybe both whatever is not funny or little did they know this was all gonna stay in the podcast just say the west wing on a very special podcast <laughs> no i mean you downton know. abbey the original dark shadow that's such from a the fucking, 1960s that's such a fucking good answer i should have said down because i will <laughs> I never watch down abbey i've thought of a couple it. different things for you to use fair enough but I won't, that's sons of anarchy no um hey, vikings yo I'm not gonna lie. I watched like the first four seasons of Sons Fair of Anarchy. Enough. Yeah, How Charlie Hunnam, man. Hey, man, I love Charlie Hunnam. Uh, he's I in... stand by Pacific Rim, specific trim, specifically Pacific Rim, specifically honest trim. Uprising looks woke. Um, yeah, King Arthur, that's... dude. <laughs> it's got John Boyega in it off of uh, his Star that's Wars. That's why fame. it's woke. Yeah, because he's African London in. <laughs> Charlie Charlie Hunnam was also in uh, Undeclared. Oh, you yeah. remember? He's great. Oh my in God! Yeah, yeah. Who does he play in Undeclared? He's the British foreign exchange what? student. He's yeah. the blonde kid. Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Damn, that's that He's blows amazing. my that blows my mind. Yeah, it's yeah. little baby Hunnam. All right, listeners, if you could have seen Colin's face when he found that out, <laughs> yeah. oh my God, his face just lit right up. Undeclared is nowhere near as good as Freaks and Geeks. No, I, it's I not. agree. It's still a good show. It's Un still really Undeclared good, feels like a. It's it's still like feels like a high school show. Yeah. Well, I think Freaks and Geeks did a lot to get to where we are now in terms of how like 
geek geeks and nerds and whatever are depicted in pop culture yeah because i think before freaks and geeks it was very stereotypical like anyone who's into audio video like AV any kids yeah, yeah. like they're just like oh hell yeah what's up guys and now look at us they're just a bunch of yeah hot now dudes. we now we have now we're just if like only, steaming with if like only sensuality. the freaks and the geeks had a podcast yeah if i <laughs> if i if together. i could just show this to the kids who bullied me <laughs> they'd bully me again that's what i think about when i uh listen to coheed <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> I can relate on that note. I'm just like, man, this sends me back to just people making fun of my music choices in like sixth grade. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's still happening now. All right. Well, before we move on to our final and uh, main topic of the pod, I wanted to bring up uh, something I watched just today, which is Hassan Minaj's Homecoming King, the mm. new. Um, I think it's his first stand-up special ever he may have on had, Netflix. Yeah, he may have had like a 30-minute or something, but this is his first big yeah, thing. Yeah, so this is a, a former Daily Show correspondent. Actually, is he still on? I'm pretty sure he might. He may still work there. He's still on the Daily Show. Yeah, so he basically made a name for himself on Jon Stewart's Daily Show now with Trevor Noah. Yeah, he, he just did the White House Correspondents Dinner that uh, Trump didn't show up for. Yeah, he's ridiculously intelligent. And so in tune with his uh, background as an immigrant from India. And he uses that as a way to connect with the audience in a very personal yet worldly way on this special. Like he, the special basically tells the story of his life and he, he's very candid with it, but he's so funny and, and, and so charismatic with it that you don't have to be an immigrant in order to, to, find the value in this special but i am an immigrant to the united states and i found so much to relate to in this special and it it really hits you emotionally with the type of stories that he's telling you are yeah when did you come here when like three months ago (laughs) when we started the podcast i just hopped the border houston was flooding it was like 2002 oh really 15 years ago Huh, interesting. Yeah. I, I never knew that. No, man. <laughs> I, the more yeah. you know. Yeah. Reading Rainbow. Um, I wasn't surprised when you like described the tone of his special because if you watch the clip of his correspondence dinner, like he goes on a long monologue that is like there's not a joke for like a minute and a half. It's just like a declarative statement and it's yeah. very powerful. Um and I saw the trailer for that special and it had a similar vibe to it. It would, it would be funny and then intermittently very serious. Yeah, I really recommend everyone watches this. It's probably one of the best uh, stand-up specials you can find on Netflix right now. I'm sorry, who is this again? What's his Hassan name? Hassan Minaj. Has he done? Has he been in any movies? Or I don't think he's. I don't. Been, okay. He was. Um, right. He he was in a Pizza Hut commercial. Yeah, he's he's more of a comedian <laughs> than an actor. Okay. okay. That's, he brings okay. up the Pizza Hut commercial in the in the stand-up. But the the special is basically, again, just one long story. And it's very cohesive, very well rehearsed. Like, he obviously is well aware that this is going to be on TV, on Netflix. And he uses that to his advantage yeah. to elevate the storytelling. You can tell in his facial expressions that he's being, he's acting, you know, he's performing. And he's, he's being very, very diligent yeah. about visualizing this stand-up special he's not just on stage talking into a mic he's putting on a show for everyone and it's very 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 well done Hmm. his and uh jordan klepper's segments on the daily show are really 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 good like they're consistently hilarious so i'm I'm happy to hear that it's good yeah yeah i i really dig it i think it's it's poignant and it's 
emotional and he's able to balance the comedy with the you know serious emotional aspects very well he's able to flip it on a dime like he's saying something hilariously funny and then immediately jump into something serious and 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 hit you right in the heart and it doesn't feel jarring at all and it he's a a good storyteller oh so good so so good yeah because that's what it is he's just telling basically the story of his life you know i'm sure there's a lot of things that he exaggerates and names he changes and and stuff like that just to make for a better show and and to not out anyone in the stories but it all feels very organic and and very you know well put together so that's hassan minaj's homecoming king on netflix now streaming yeah sold me on it yeah it sounds really good all right so now let's move into the main segment you guys and your topics and segments our favorite movies very organized our favorite movies of all time guys yeah i have my top 10 oh you got you got a ranked list yeah i do all right let's hear it colin all right I <laughs> got it memorized. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I do. All right, number ten is the Evil Dead, Sam Raimi's horror. The first classic. Evil Dead. I Just think Evil it's, Dead. It's not only my favorite horror movie, but I think it might. I think it's one of the best independent movies ever made. As okay. far as just independent, just a small group of people putting their blood, sweat, and tears into a movie, and then it's a cult phenomenon with a great trilogy. Number nine's Midnight Cowboy, John Voight, Dustin Hoffman good movie about uh being poor and how terrible life can be in new york city number eight is donnie darko seven maholan drive six back to the future five o'clock work orange four one flew over the cuckoo's nest three pans labyrinth two taxi driver and at number one the greatest film of all time is toy story (laughs) wow that was a twist. That was inspiration. <laughs> After oh, yeah. no kids' movies in the whole time. Hold top on. 10. Let's let's no. let's backtrack. Uh, <laughs> right. Let's backtrack a little okay. bit here. All right. Feel free so, to ask me questions yeah, about how so, I rank them and everything. So you you said Donnie Darko was at six? Eight. Eight. It's really okay. low for me. Wow, nice. really? It's not in my top ten. Oh my god. I I mean Well fuck you, Drew. <laughs> and no, it's I like it. <laughs> it's number eight for me. It's a movie I've watched several times. Uh you know, it's, a, it's one of those movies where it's fun to, like, read the theories about it. That's something I've always mm-hmm. liked to do. It's when I was done with the movie, I'm like, wow, there's something to it. And then, you know, reading about it. It does have Which, a lot of uh, internet following. That... I, f- I feel like one of the worst complaints about the movies are like, oh, the movie makes you do homework. And it's like, well, yeah. If That's you actually, annoying. If yeah, you like the movie, you want to, like, read more thriller. about it. I've never heard someone say that, and I would... I would be so fucking annoyed if I heard someone say that. You, I don't want to do no homework. <laughs> I didn't come here to watch school. <laughs> no, my biggest pet fe- pet peeve is when people are like, I don't watch foreign movies because I don't want to read. And I'm like, wow, oh. you are fucking stupid. <laughs> Wait, so <laughs> was the closest? Drew, was the you're fucking laughing me die right there, dude. That was great. <laughs> no, like, I'm sorry. Like, if you say you don't want to watch a foreign movie because you don't want to read, good. you're stupid in my opinion. Colin, was The Clockwork Orange the only Kubrick film you right, put on there? I did it, uh, only one director. Right, yeah, that's smart. And Clockwork Orange. Why did you choose The Clockwork Orange as I guess one Kubrick film? It's very, uh... It's hard to put into words, but I think it's just uh, when I saw it when I was like 13, I was kind of just oh like, wow. Oh my god, you saw it when you were 13. Yeah. See, this is what I'm yeah. talking about. Right. He saw all this shit when he was so I don't young. think 13 is that insanely young. It's not yeah. insanely. I saw, I'm I just, when I was in middle school, so I, I think it's, a, about I think it's a good age. age I'm just watch. more jealous than anything. I think it's a, you know, it's like a assault to the senses. It's yeah. a brilliant satire. It's not the sort of it's, movie that you just sort of pop on casually. Mm-hmm, yeah. It's a movie that sticks with you. The imagery and the music and 
it's just it's just a brilliant film right. a great science fiction movie mm-hmm. too so if you were to t- lift the rule of one director per list like who would make multiple appearances in your top 10 lynch um no probably uh, i don't like to think of it that way because then at that point i would just go to like 11 12 13 did you not have a, a spielberg film on there no there is you no just spielberg. had back to the future was a spielberg produced yeah there's no all right so like it took me a while to do the top 10 <laughs> because it was hard it's hard and to then, rank them and then man. once yeah. i and then once i felt comfortable with myself at ranking toy story at number one it all just kind of fell into place yeah i mean toy story is a very um you know meaningful film for people in our generation oh, yeah, yeah it, like, it, it, it really is in a so resonant i think it's I've one broken of broken bones to toy story man it what back to my life you, have you never have i never told you this not that, on the uh, record oh not on so if it's not on the podcast then it doesn't exist yeah but uh correct. yeah uh the only like major bone that i've ever broken whenever i was like four years old or so i was obsessed with uh toy story and space jam and uh solid specifically r kelly's i believe i can fly wow so there was one day um i was at my grandparents house and i was wearing a buzz Lightyear suit and i sang i believe i can fly and i jumped off the couch and i didn't put my hands out or anything and i dove like straight <laughs> into a, like, a brick fireplace and i broke <laughs> my collarbone wow wow so you could say R. Kelly is um, also to blame say, for your problems yeah. and many others. <laughs> say R. Kelly peed in yeah. my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Jeez. I've actually heard that story before at your Eagle Scout ceremony. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't yeah. they play a video of you as like a little baby singing I Believe I Can Fly? And everyone's yeah. like, oh, little hunter. Yeah, I mean. Little honey. I, I will say Space Jam is not in my top ten. But Toy Story absolutely is. Toy Story is one, by far one of my favorite films of all time. A, a, lot, well. a lot of people say the second one's better. And um, I think mm. it's, a, it's, it's, an really amazing, it's an amazing movie. I think it's an amazing trilogy. The only reason it's amazing good. is because the first film was so great. Yeah, you started to run into that problem trying to put sequels into your top ten. Or even ranking sequels. Because, you know, like... One of my favorite films of all time is The Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. But the reason why that film is so good is because of the original Star Wars. You know, exactly. I, I thought about putting like Star War, putting uh, The Empire Strikes Back somewhere in my top list of favorite movies. But I ran into that exact same problem. That yeah. It's like, this movie doesn't exist as an independent piece. Yeah, I feel like though with certain ones it's okay, like with Dark Knight, where it's pretty much consensus that that one's the most elevated one of the. There's, right. there's the a trio. lot of people out there who stand by Batman Begins, though. I feel like yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't listen. But to everyone, uh, everyone, me being already... one, me being one, yeah, you, oh, what? Uh, Batman Begins for me is the best one of the trilogy. Snyder is the exception. Yeah, he's, it's he's a great film. I won't say time. it's. I won't say it's like I like the Dark Knight more, but I still really, really love Batman. Be- I've been wanting to rewatch Batman Begins. It's a great actually. film. All right, before we move on to Strong. someone else's favorite movie, uh, out of my top ten, I want to. I really want to recommend Midnight Cowboy because I feel like no one from our yeah. generation yeah, I, has ever seen it. It's the only movie it. from your list that I've never seen. It's, before. it's an amazing movie. All right, if anyone else wants to go on. Uh, I think Hunter wanted to hop on. Well, okay. See, I I didn't put nearly as much time and effort in this as Colin did. I kind of made this list at like six in the morning while I was trying to go to sleep. But um, I just comprised the list. I kind of did the similar rules to you where I was just like, all right, I just want to do one movie per director. And I didn't really put them in any order. But um, I'll just I'll just run right through them. I've already just, read this list. It's, Spoiler alert. It's not. I won't For even you. say. It's just like. <laughs> it's not necessarily my top ten, but it's just some of my favorite <sighs> movies of all time. So we're just going to start at the bottom. Now we're here. Um, I have Enemy by Denis Villeneuve. Ooh. My favorite film. Denis film. It's Denis Villeneuve. 
Villeneuve. It's probably not. How do you pronounce it? Denis. It's Canadian. I'm sorry for being a dick. I'll shut up. No, but anyways, Enemy is like... It's, I think it's a masterpiece of just, like, making you think, and it's such a cognitive movie. Ooh, Snyder's staring at my eyes. <laughs> Snyder, have you ever seen Enemy? No, I haven't. I've watched Stuckman's um, breakdown Analysis. of it. Yeah, because so I was just like, I don't know what happens. this is. You gotta, yeah, you gotta watch about the, the movie, Jacob. I know about you can't the spiders. Just analysis. <laughs> Colin. What? Does his analysis make right now. your top <laughs> ten list? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. So what else you got? Okay. Uh, next, I have because I had to put a comedy on this list. Yeah. Wet Hot American Summer. Nice. My favorite comedy of all time. Over like Anchorman, <laughs> or there was there was a lot that I was kind of running back and forth with, but I settled on Wet Hot because I think that it's like a masterpiece in anti comedy. I've probably seen that movie as much or more than any other movie. I've seen Wet Hot. It, yeah. Yeah, I, I got into it when I was like 15 or so, and I've watched it every year since. I've never seen Wet Hot American Summer. Oh, man. Uh, next on the list, I have Taxi Driver, which I believe you had your on your list. It's yeah, it was, it was Collins number film. two. Technically number one, if you want to do like an actual film movie, yeah. like live action. Okay. I had that problem, too, where I was like, am I trying to make like what I think is a better film or what I think is my favorite? Which uh, moves right in. I mean, Taxi Driver is, of course, I think the best Scorsese film. Which you would have found out if you listened to the uh, the first part of this podcast. Crosspod. Crosspod extravaganza. Taxi driver is very. But that uh, that segues into uh, another a combo that I had I had a trouble ranking which one is my favorite just because I love both of them so much is I put both The Shining slash A Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Reason being that I think A Clockwork Orange is a better film, but. I've seen The Shining a lot more times. I think The Shining is a more, like, movie that I go back to all the time. The Clockwork Orange just, like, it makes you feel bad when you watch it, which I love. I mean, I love feeling miserable during a cinematic experience. Or just, you know, whenever. It's yeah, not. Just <laughs> all the time. A Clockwork Orange, it's not a depressing movie. It's just, like, a disturbing It's one. really, It's really disturbing. But, I mean. I wouldn't say it makes you feel sad. It makes you feel, like, dirty. Yeah, <laughs> makes you feel used, which moves into another uh, guy who we have on both of our lists, but different films. Yeah, we can discuss that. I have Eraserhead in my list, uh, uh, David Lynch uh, flick. I think that's the. Uh, 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 I think it's <laughs> coming from a Lynch that's fan. Hilarious. I love you guys. <laughs> I think that uh, Eraserhead is the best work of art in cinema cinematic history jesus fucking christ no it's like you're watching you're really watching a moving painting oh my god (laughs) my favorite thing about eraserhead is that he made that like in a house that he moved into with all his family like he moved across the country all the way to la just moved in with the there's actually a really good documentary that comes on the eraserhead criterion that uh, breaks down uh how they actually made yeah i I haven't watched that yeah i need to watch it's on the eraserhead criterion it just breaks down like how they made the movie and like all the behind the scenes stuff Looking at very young David Lynch. He was a cutie. <laughs> was he, though? Yeah. It still is. If I have a full head of hair like he does when I'm that old, like that would be incredible. Uh, Daddy Lynch. Okay. okay. It's good to see you again, old friend. <laughs> okay, so what else is on you? Okay, guys? so uh, also, I have The Evil Dead. Uh, which, it was tough for me, because I, I was going back and forth between The Evil Dead and The Exorcist on what I think is my favorite horror film of all time, but I, I think I put The Evil Dead just a little bit above The Exorcist. 
I keep on catching your eyes and I'm fucking yeah. dying, dude. I, I just can't wanna, do it. Do you find something I just funny share about my, Just fucking throw all this shit to the nah, side. No, the Evil Dead's awesome. A lot of people are like, oh, it's campy and stupid. I watched that like by myself. My neighbor let me borrow it. Scared the shit yeah, out dude, of me. Yeah, dude. It's. I mean, because Evil Dead 2, like, Sam Raimi is a genius and he knew that take it in a completely different direction and just make it like campy as fuck to the point that it's humorous. I didn't like Evil Dead 2 first time I saw it. I didn't get it. Oh, I, I was like, Evil it's like Dead a remake 2. of the first one. What? I don't, I, I, I didn't understand. I didn't understand what I was looking at. <laughs> then moving on, I have a Damien Chazelle flick. Oh shit. Whiplash. Yeah. That's that movie's a, yeah, it's, amazing. It's, it's a it's movie a I'd give a 10 stars. out of 10 to. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's one of the best films of the decade probably. It's incredible. Yeah. It's in my top 10. Not that I made one. I didn't. It yeah. would be. Yeah, but it would be. Actually, uh, I take back what I said about The Evil Dead. Because there is a horror movie that I actually rank above The Evil Dead. Oh. And that is Alien. So wait, so you're taking Evil Dead off? No, no, no. I mean, I'm not making oh. a role for genres oh. or anything like that. But I just noticed that I have Alien above my list. I forgot they even put Alien on there. But yeah, I absolutely love Alien. There's so many cool things about that movie, especially like I love watching it for the first time. You don't know that Sigourney Weaver is the main character you're going to be following until like halfway through the movie. And you're like, oh, damn, I guess Sigourney Weaver. I mean, you know now because yeah. Sigourney I mean, Weaver maybe is... if you're watching in 1979, <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but like she takes a background role in the very beginning of that film. So you be- actually become invested in each and every character. Just like, oh, man, I hope we don't lose members of this his crew not tom scarrett <laughs> yeah not him <laughs> <laughs> all right were, was there this any now, other films you yeah, wanted no, to bring I, up I, that was only eight let me go through Hurry the list um <laughs> the other two are films that you named on here i have of course toy story and donnie darko which oh, man. donnie darko is your number one no, okay. This, oh, like okay. I said, th- these aren't in any specific order or anything. I just kind of threw them all together. I'd have to take more like deep thought to actually put a ranking to these because I watch each of these movies for different things. Donnie Darko is definitely my top five for favorite Out movies. Five. Well, five. Uh, three to five. Yeah. Okay, so there's a couple films that haven't been brought up that I think are worthy of mention. Um, there is a film called Network from 19... 19- 76 directed by Sidney Lumet. Yeah. Has anyone seen this film? It's about the guy who goes crazy during the news broadcast yeah. and he rants. I've never seen it, but I know it's very famous. He won like best actor. Or yeah. Something? It won a few Oscars. Yeah, I've, I think I've heard of it. I've, I've never actually seen it. It was definitely nominated for best picture, but network is one of the greatest films of all time. Because if we look at it from a 2017 lens, we see the story of a man who has been basically manipulated by the media for their own uh, profit, essentially. Like, he goes insane, and they have this, what is now known as the network moment, where they think, should we help this guy who's going crazy? Mm-hmm. Or should we take advantage of this because it's going to give us really good ratings? But, so so it's this mm-hmm. really... So it's a moral dilemma movie. It's Yeah. It's this very uh, intense decision that these network executives have to make. A real Sophie's Choice. Yeah, and it's so so well acted, directed, written. Like it just—it's one of those movies that is firing on all cylinders, and it's incredible. Uh, I also wanted to bring up Jaws. Oh yeah, Jaws. Yeah. I didn't watch Jaws until last year for the first time. 
I, I insane, thought about putting, so good. I thought yeah, about putting great. Jaws or uh, E.T. on my list too, just to have more of like a like a big movie feel. Yeah, if, I, I mean, we're kind of. If I was gonna make a true top ten, then I would probably put one of those. There's, on there. Yeah, there's no Spielberg. We're kind of we're Spielberg. kind of brushing over a lot of these, but I just I I just feel like it's worth mentioning that Spielberg came right out of the gate with his mm-hmm. first big film. Like he made a TV movie before this. Duel. And then yeah. Duel's amazing. Duel is awesome. And then this was his first film and he's just like, holy shit, this guy can make one of the most thrilling, <laughs> suspenseful films in, in such an original, unique way. It was a groundbreaking Jaws movie. Jaws is incredible. Um Children of Men. That's an awesome yeah, I, fucking yeah, movie. Yeah. That's probably in my Absolutely top ten. I love Children of Men. Um, um incredible. Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah, great directing by him. He's he's a long shot guy and that has some incredible long shots. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna drop one one of his movies. My favorite Carwan film is actually E2 Mamatambian. Oh, you yeah. like that better than Children of Men? Yeah, E2 Mamatambian like, is just it's just an it's just a just a great like character movie. It really I, is. I agree. I, I absolutely love that film. It's just about horny teenage boys and it captures it pretty well <laughs> you can relate but don't watch that movie if you don't like reading subtitles yeah and i i agree with you that um the shining is probably my favorite kubrick film yeah. too although i did want to give a shout out to barry linden barry linden's an awesome movie so good. it's a ama- one of the most beautiful films ever shot yeah you really feel like you're in uh, you know these Victorian. Mm-hmm. I think it's Vic- Victorian. Yeah, times? it takes place in like Ireland. I think it starts off in Ireland, yeah, doesn't it? But he shoots it in in Europe mostly, and these beautiful all, all palaces, and and it's all oh my no, god. No, Barry Lyndon's a ten out of ten movie. It's incredible. It's never boring either for a three hour period piece movie where yeah. like no one's speaking. It's amazing. It's yeah. just like hypnotic. Yeah, that's yeah, it's great. It's, it's one of his top I five love that movies. movie. We haven't even mentioned any Hitchcock films either. Oh. My favorite's probably Vertigo. Yeah, same. Vertigo is amazing. Yeah. I saw the birds and I didn't like it. Oh, the birds is great. <laughs> really? Go. This is cheesy. Those well, birds look fake. Well, no, I don't care about that. I can, the birds I, I can is horrifying. Sus- I can suspend my disbelief for like the effects, but they I don't know. They just leave. The birds just leave and then it's over. Yeah. It's like I don't want that. I don't want, oh, look at this inexplicable event, and then it happened, and then it was gone. Like, I don't know. I wanted more to it. Maybe that's expecting too much from a movie so old. Okay, one more film I wanted to give a shout-out to. Fuck you, Drew. Punch, <laughs> Punch Drunk Love. I've, the, I've never Paul seen Thomas Adam Anderson. <laughs> Paul Thomas Anderson starring Adam Sandler. Nobody's brought up Paul Thomas Anderson. Oh, He's yeah. Made- you know, there I will, will be say, blood uh, I, I just rewatched There Will Be Blood because I just recently got the Blu-ray. That movie is so fucking good. Yeah. Like, a, I always forget how great that movie is. Daniel Day-Lewis is uh, fantastic, in it, of course. It's probably his most famous role. Uh, I will say Magnolia is my favorite Paul yeah. Thomas Anderson yeah. movie. I just love Punch Drunk Love because it's it, you're like... It's like a wash of a movie, you know. You're you're flooded with all these colors and beautiful imagery, and Adam Sandler is so fucking good, and it. it's his best role by far. But what about Click? Oh boy, I mean, I could I could keep listing movies that I love, like The Social Network or was, Saving Private okay, Ryan. I was what's your, about to what's mention your favorite Fincher film. Mine's Social Network. Social Network. Yeah, I was gonna mention that because that's a a I that's a great marriage of director and writer with Sorkin and uh, David Fincher, and then also that story is the perfect script for Aaron Sorkin to write because he writes all his characters always too smart. Yeah, and it's about Mark Zuckerberg who is literally too smart. Yeah, 
And oh. then you got the great uh, score by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Yeah, yeah that's, that's amazing. Song. Every time I listen to that uh, score while I'm doing you know work or anything, I feel like I'm inventing Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think You're I have it. a favorite Fincher movie. I'd really have to think about it. I think Fight Club's probably his most entertaining to watch. Ooh, it's so good. I think Zodiac might be my favorite Fincher film. I don't know. There's so many good ones. Seven's good. Seven's great. The game is amazing. I love the game. Um... One movie I wanted to bring up in terms of kind of in the vein of Back to the Future, how it's just so incredibly fun to watch, uh, Truman Show. Oh, yeah. I, I watch that movie over and over. It's incredible. It's just fun to watch. Whenever it's on TV, you, you just leave it on. It's just it's kind of in that vein of it has like a good mass appeal aspect to it, but it delivers on every level for me. Has one of the best endings. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. For a high good concept good type of movie, it ends you like completely satisfied. Apparently, uh, started off as like a thriller, but uh, Peter Weir kind of can talk to the guy who wrote it. Something Nichols, Andrew Mike Nichols, Nichols. Yeah. Mike Nichols. Yeah, he's the director of The Graduate. No, 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 not Jeff him. Nichols. He didn't oh, write so. it. It's the guy who directed End Time, which oh. takes a high concept. Oh, Justin Timberlake. It, he, he, oh, the guy who directed that movie and wrote it wrote The Truman Show. But notice the difference in time. Imagine if you remember the concept of it, right? Yeah. yeah. Time Running is literally money. If you did that in like a lighthearted comedy, <laughs> it would probably have been much better. And Peter yeah. Weir noticed this in his script. And he was like, hey, let's change the tone of it. And they made it into The Truman Andrew Show. Nichol. Andrew Nichol. Yeah. Snyder, did you have any films you wanted to bring up? From honestly, like I don't really have a top ten. Um, I mean, not do a top about, ten. I yeah, just... we're, we're talking about like Kubrick and stuff like that. Um, two thousand one hasn't been brought up. Yeah, oh, no such one, a good. No film. one brings it up. Hey, I mean, yeah. it's by far like his best, most incredible visual, visually work. stunning. Like, yeah. Honestly, it really is one of those visually stunning no, like, movies for of all the time. time period of in which it takes place it's so amazing to look at it takes place in like you really the future don't, and like caveman times you really don't question a whole lot of it visually like there's really nothing you go oh no like no even the, the dawn of man sequence is unforgettable one the, it's one of it, the yeah. most fucking confusing things if you go into you know if you go into that movie first time you're expecting not that you know, like you don't expect forty minutes of yeah. primitive human that you don't really know is primitive human. Like you kind of assume it yeah. from the Dawn you of Man title. Pick up yeah. A tool. yeah, yeah, and like, and then it it has one of the best cuts like ever. Oh yeah, the, like definitely. the bone to the like the literal tool to the the spaceship. You know, like it's, it's a cut that makes your hair stand up. It gives you goosebumps. Yeah. Like you, yeah. sh- you start shaking. You're like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you become hard. Yeah, <laughs> fully erect. Yeah, you defying are. gravity. Much like the bone. Yeah, that was that the intention. Yeah. <laughs> wow, <God>. Kubrick. <laughs> Kubrick. And um, I'll just bring up another one. I mean, uh, I think Shawshank, The Godfather, oh, yeah, Shawshank. Shawshank. No, yeah, I just yeah. meant while we were on Shawshank's the- fantastic. Yeah, I mean, you can't like. That movie's so many different movies. Like it's a lot of different types of movies. It's it's a it's a drama. It's an escape film, which is you know like into the film. It's you a don't comedy. Know. It's, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah a, it's actually funny as fuck it's too. A, like it's, it's, a, it's a period piece if you think about it. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know. It's just it's just great. And I think that he escapes is a really great great twist. You know, like I I don't know. You don't see him. From the title of the movie, you don't expect that. Like, yeah. it's it's a weird title for that film. Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, and like even Morgan Freeman, like in interviews, he's like, "No, it's a fucking awful title. Like, I hate that title." 
Yeah. And, but like, I never then again, thought of that. I guess it is kind of a. It doesn't tell you anything. The, the original story is called Rita Hayworth and Shawshank Redemption. Imagine if it was called that. <laughs> that would be weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's Morgan Freeman's best role ever. My my number one favorite of all time is similar in that, except I like the title more. It it similarly doesn't convey a lot, but One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. That was okay. on my list. I know it was on your Great list. Uh, we didn't really talk about it, though. That has the best acting I've seen in any movie ever. The, the, the ensemble cast. The entire amazing. cast. Um, Not just Jack Nicholson. Yeah, and then the, I mean, the nurse won the Oscar for Best Louise Actress. Fletcher. Yeah. Um, it just or Lois Fletcher. All around, the directing of it is beautiful. It's so, the pacing of it is so... Uh, it's not like too slow, but it's just like patient where there will be these really long pan shots of just what's going on in this mental hospital. And the acting is incredible and like not offensive at all. It's very like true to life because they're representing a lot of different disorders. I just like that's the one movie where there's a couple others. But when I watch that, there is no flaw that I can name in it. One of my favorite uh, characters is Cheswick, the little short guy who's really angry. That scene where he wants his cigarettes is like the, one of the, it's probably my favorite scene. All hell just breaks loose mm-hmm. and he just starts like screaming, and then like it's like a, it's horrifying when they have to get the shock treatment after um, that. That's like one of the most difficult things you'll so, ever have to yeah, watch. There are so many moments in that movie that are so incredibly difficult. I mean, the end scene with all the bleeding yeah billy un unbelievable to watch like it it just like cuts you really deep you know uh the actor brad duriff who played billy he's also the voice of chucky that's a fact it is it's fun too did you know that drew yeah no i didn't know it it's it's weird it's weird to think but not one floor guys there were there were two more directors that i wanted to ask you guys that haven't been talked about yet lynch um daddy quentin tarantino What's one film that you would put? Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, yeah for yeah, sure. Yeah. Hands down. But yeah, I'll be the guy. Um, Inglorious Bastards. Inglorious Bastards. Ooh, I mean, yeah. Django is great. I think Inglorious Bastards. Reservoir, Reservoir Dogs. I think Tarantino sees Inglorious Bastards as his best film. I, I, I love Inglorious Bastards. The, the only movie. movie by Tarantino I didn't care for was The Hateful Eight. I, 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 seeing be, it in theaters was like... Let's just get our opinions out there. I think The Hateful Eight was a really extremely boring movie. Yeah, I think it's pretentious. It had so much more... Yeah, exactly. It's pretentious yeah. just because it had so much more ambition for what it wanted could, to be than it actually was. He made it really long and full of writing because he could get away with it. Yeah. Because <laughs> no one's going to no well, one's gonna tell him to cut it down. Yeah, he was probably kind of trying to do a similar thing with reservoir dogs which works in reservoir dogs where it's just very contained to like the room yeah. um but, but that it, was uh, tarantino operating on a much more constrained level you know i thought you were gonna say like cocaine <laughs> well <laughs> probably, mean, probably that too most likely yeah but <laughs> with hateful eight he, he pretty much had free reign yeah it's just like kind of whatever he wanted have you guys ever heard of the tarantino movie that uh got lost called my best friend's birthday yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, it was a short film he made. A, Apparently, a got destroyed. And I think it, I think it got turned into a movie called True Romance. I could be wrong about that. A movie he wrote that was directed by, I think Tony Scott, and has Christian Slater. I could be wrong, but I think Elements of My I Best Friend's I didn't Birthday. Know that, but I know, may have I know about reper- my best friend's birthday. Yeah, it's it's lost. I bet that pisses him off too. He's like my my work, my Me. work, my fucking work. Okay, and then the other, uh, I guess, directors would be the Coen Brothers. Yeah. No one's brought up one of their um, films. No Country for Old Men. Yeah. Fargo. Although, Fargo. Fargo's uh, my favorite Coen Brothers. Big Lebowski. Big, Big Lebowski is amazing, too. Yeah. I think I'd have to go with Fargo as being my favorite band. But I will uh, put a shout out to Blood Simple. 
which I watched, which is their first movie. It was pretty damn good as a directorial debut, but overall just kind of upsetting. Right. Like, it leaves you, like, when you're done watching it, it's kind of like a, when I brought up Raging Bull in our podcast, where it just leaves you kind of just kind of like, that was unpleasant. <laughs> Blood simple. Um, I have like another that. director, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah. Ooh. The Godfather, Apocalypse Now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his, he's like... The, the king of, of that maverick era of filmmaking. The 70s was yeah. a great decade for it really filmmakers. Was. So, much, so many great films yeah. came out then. And like of so many different types. We didn't talk about Friedkin, really. I guess we brushed over hey, the Exorcist. Hey, Colin is wearing the Exorcist I, t-shirt right now. You can't represent Friedkin. Yeah, I am. I've only seen that in The French Connection. The French Connection is an amazing movie. So good. Yeah. That's that famous car chase scene. Ooh, oh, so, so good. good. Dude, the so way they good. shot that is incredible. Rough and dirty. Like, That's just how they did in the 70s. Mounting the camera to the front of the car and you're Strapping just like, Whoa. We could keep listing movies for hours and hours and hours. We kind of uh, just went through... Uh, I'm gonna Very just some of our favorites. Yeah, you know. Favorite. Do we do we all agree that Toy Story is our favorite Pixar film? No, no. The Incredibles. Ooh. I uh, would I would side with you on that. Yeah, oh, yeah hell yes. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm one of those people. The Incredibles has never worked for me. I'm I'm, with never, I'm on that with Hunter. Like I, I thought it was liked, okay. Yeah, it didn't. I didn't absolutely love. I think it, like I've probably seen did. The Incredibles like one time in my entire life, and I saw it as a kid, and I was like. Yeah, that was my it's least favorite. It's the best Fantastic Four movie. My favorite. <laughs> I have said that exact <laughs> sentence. Oh yeah, that we should have had. Yeah. My favorite Pixar movie is Inside Out. Ooh, new really? Yeah, that's a good. Wow, movie. That's, that's a I great love movie. that movie. I feel like if I had seen it as a kid, I would have reacted as strongly as I did to like you know whatever Ratatouille, Finding Nemo. All what those. about what about Up? What about the first fifteen minutes of Up? Oh, I, dude, I yeah, think, exactly. No, I, I think the whole Up movie is their second yeah. best. If you take Toy Story, I think Up. Yeah, I it's think so it, good. I think it was nominated for Best Picture. Yeah, yeah, it was the first movie to be nominated for Best Picture that's animated film. since uh, Beauty and the Beast. Damn. Up was amazing. I mean, I love Ratatouille too. Yeah. I have a soft spot for Ratatouille. Pixar, I, I don't think they're they're kind of going downhill a little bit. I just love a bug's life. Oh my <laughs> god. I just love finding a bug's Dory life so much. <laughs> I just fucking love God, those Dory, movies guys. are so oh. similar. It's I weird. Love cars. <laughs> I love cars three. Why did we get both a bug's life and ants? It was a. It was like a. It was like a. There was a whole thing. Against, like, well, the that, CEO of Disney going off and making dreams. Yeah, it was like the Armageddon yeah. thing. Yeah. No, I know why it actually impact. happened. Every once like, in a while, we like know. they just start making movies in twos. You know, it's a whole pattern thing where they just like how there's another Jungle Book coming out. Mm-hmm. And yeah. You get Hercules huh? and uh legend of her yeah exactly you're just wondering why that concept was worth going to war over i think yeah you're like no, exactly. why we need our like, animated ant yeah. i'm really damn that it. interested in what a bug's life is like yeah <laughs> and they're like damn it disney got a bear name well what are we you gonna know, make this movie about ants i guess Hunter, ants. i'm surprised Z. that the lion king didn't make your list uh the lion king is definitely up there for me um the lion king's on mine definitely yeah, okay oh, really yeah, yeah. The Lion it's, King think, was one of those movies that I used to watch over and over and same. over Did and you over have again. That VHS when I was tape? Like, yep. Yeah, it was just always in my VHS player, and I just mm-hmm. watched it. I actually every wore day. down. I wore down my Lion King VHS until it wouldn't play anymore. Yeah, I broke my VHS of Lion King. As it's an a kid. incredible film. Mufasa's actually, death, spoiler alert, is one of the toughest. <laughs> it is children. Yeah. It is uh, like in a children's movie. Like it's crazy. It, it, it teaches you like what death is, pretty much as yeah. a child. Yeah, and he like he doesn't come back like yeah. he's dead like yeah. and like and you know you see him in the stars and shit but like you know 
it's not like in Bambi where the mom just go, like goes off and then she's off screen and you never see her again. Yeah, and he's... you just assume that she's dead. It's like no, Simba is there. Yeah, trying to see if his dad is gonna wake up. Yeah, and then you're immediately exiled. Like yeah. maybe. 30 seconds after your dad dies your uncle yeah. comes up to you who you probably like love and look up to as it's an like, uncle well, yeah. and he's like get out <laughs> and like get out jesus like that shit is fucking rough man yeah, but the, great the, movie then he meets uh timon and pumbo and they eat juicy yeah. delicious bugs yeah and then they're like Those... you know what forget all your trauma your worries yeah just just hang out with us and smoke some pot. <laughs> eat some right. bugs, man. Eat some member berries. Dude, um, those bugs look so delicious. They did. I was about to say that. They, they actually looked very good. Yeah. They were plump and juicy. They yeah. were. What are your guys' favorite princess movies? Oh my god. Uh, I don't know. Let's this save is, that for another episode. We could do a whole Disney pod. I think Belle's my favorite. Oh my princess. god. She's strong and independent. She doesn't need a man. Okay. I think Elsa's my favorite. All right, guys, you uh, you can follow the podcast at We Bought a Mic on Instagram. Uh, you should subscri- subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a glowing five-star review. Uh, we've already started to get some uh, very nice feedback from you guys that we'll all compile and read to you on the next episode. Mm. But keep sending us good stuff in. We love that feedback. We love all your comments. Hunter, you got a, you got a plug? Uh, you know, you can follow me on Twitter, Hunt Mobley, H-U-N-T-M-O-B-L-E-Y. Send me, uh, your dank memes and also fan mail if you like the show. Or if you don't like the show, send me your hate mail. We haven't had any hate mail yet and I kind of want some Please hate don't mail. send us You need trolls. Mail. I want people to troll me. That's how I know that I made it. You're very trollable. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm gonna plug part one of this podcast because that's where you'll find my actual plug wow get over wow. there folks that's over at the snyder Colin podcast <laughs> check mm-hmm. these boys out is it a bug yeah bug? um you guys yeah. can find us uh we're known as the snyder Colin podcast um on itunes google play stuff like that not soundcloud fuck that um yeah, yeah I'll, I'll check what you guys you, out when i get around rapper? to it yeah for sure um yeah, I am a SoundCloud. I knew you had a SoundCloud rapper persona. Yeah, follow my friend uh, Della Too Dope on SoundCloud. Um, yeah, check he's out a Della. Very good um, rapist. Um, oh, but uh, on Twitter, I'm at Jacob's Wetsuit, um, and on Instagram as well, same thing. Um, Colin is at the real. No, you're get Colin. The real Donald Getty. Trump. The real Colin Getty. The real. You can follow me on Twitter, and if you follow Jacob on Instagram, you can see pictures of our wedding. Beautiful. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm yeah. at Calderness on Twitter and Instagram, and it's been it's been a fun wild ride. Yeah. This cross pod extravaganza really has. Thanks for having us. I Absolutely. can't believe we survived. I know my kidneys feel like they're gonna explode yeah. for some reason. Though I don't know why. I gotta get out of this Too chair. Much beer All right, Hunter, sign us out. All right, here we go. I got a special one for you guys now. Thanks for listening, it's, y'all. It's a we love you. To another thing that we said earlier. Whoa. It is reading rainbow.